Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. This is the Game Bites podcast for March the 6th, 2016. My name is Legrand Jolly, your host, and I am joined, as always, with my co-host, Jeremy Lamont. Yes, good evening. And the second co-host, Dale Remington Jones. Dale, how are you? I'm, I'm great. I'm thinking about Remington Steel now. Remington Steel, Jones. Yeah. That's, uh, but, that's his stripper name. I don't know why, but Remington was the first R word that came to my head when I was thinking of that on the fly there. But, uh, yeah. Dale, Dale did a stint for a couple years at the Chippendale. And, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was just after Goldeneye had come out, so Pierce Brosnan was still the hot topic. So yeah. I could see that. I could see that. Uh-huh. All right. He was Remington Steel, right? Or was that Timothy Dalton? They're pretty interchangeable. Yeah. I, I had a stripper name that was sort of based on uh, Simon and Simon, but it... I thought your stripper name was Lawman. Everybody give it up for Lawman, taking the stage. <laughs> I do the, like, spinning guns thing. Yeah. Oh, God. Chaps, holster. The smoking gun. Yeah. yeah. No nice. shirt, just a red bandana. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That, that is a mental image yeah. that nobody needs. Not too late. Well, well, I think we might as well end the show on the high note. That's <laughs> that's it. Good night, everybody. Thanks for coming. Uh, well, hey, let's talk about some video games, man. There's, like, a lot of news that happened. Like, some big... Big talking things happened this week. Big honking, um, tonking things. Big honking, tonking things. What? <laughs> this is the most sensual podcast we've ever done. Indeed. Well, Jeremy, let's uh, let's let's quit this nonsense and start talking about video game news. What do you well, say? Let's, let's get into some news. So this week we actually had quite a few reveals by some uh, big players, starting with Nintendo. There was a Nintendo Direct this past week, and Nintendo laid out their spring and summer lineup across their two. Platforms. I almost said two viable platforms, but I held my tongue there for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> across across all of their viable platforms. Yeah, yeah across all, all of all of them. Yeah. Uh, so we'll just talk about some of the things that they uh, showed off there. It looks like they're ready to release Star Fox Zero, so they showed us some gameplay from that. Uh, they actually also uh, talked about a little sort of spin-off game called uh, Star Fox um, Guardians, I think it is. I might be getting that wrong. We'll have to look it up because it's not in this list. But uh, it introduces Slippy Frog's uncle, Grippy Frog. <laughs> I, I don't actually even really know much about it. Uh, you can go watch that Nintendo Direct if you're interested in that. They also showed off uh, some new updates for Super Mario Maker, like key-locked doors, which will allow people to create things like boss fights and things like that, mandatory boss fights, which are kind of cool. They also showed off a new Paper Mario game, Paper Mario Color Splash, I believe it's called. And uh, lots of other things. They showed some new footage of uh, Metroid Prime Federation Force. Yeah. Which, that's right. I always take to Twitter because people are so down on it. And uh, it is now the official mascot of the Game Byte show, Metroid Prime Federation Force. And the PlayStation Vita. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. In fact, we're mm-hmm. going to talk about some legacy platforms here in just a little bit. But uh, Kensuke Tanabe is, uh, is my senpai. I know what it's like being a champion of a, of a game like that because uh, Castlevania Lords of Shadow is my jam. And uh, there's a lot of a lot of just uh, unfounded. Is that hate. one not well regarded? A, a lot of unfounded hate for that game by wow. uh, a lot of people that probably you know were forced to review it in 45 minutes or however they do. I things. mean, it's like God of War in Castlevania. I don't see what's wrong with that. Yeah, it's a great game. Yeah. Uh, what, what about the SNES stuff, man? That's that was a thing. Uh, that's right. That's people have been clamoring for that uh, SNES Virtual Console games and wondering why that has never been on the 3DS. And well, they're doing it now. Well, there's a little bit of a hitch in that uh, wagon there because the worst it's hitch ever only available on the new 3DS. That's the hitch. Yeah, which makes perfect sense. 
It's because that the SNES requires the power of the new 3DS processor. Right. It is required. Uh, new Rhythm Heaven game is uh, going to be coming out. Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix, which uh, will offer 70 of the classic rhythm games from previous games, including the Game Boy Advance release that never came to North America, as well as 30 new songs. And uh, they showed some new information on Monster Hunter Generations, which is being localized uh, from Monster Hunter X in Japan. Kind of neat. They also showed off a new Kirby game, where he has angry eyebrows and rides around in mech suits, which looks pretty cool. Planet Robobot. Yeah, that concept art or whatever it is that they showed of Kirby in the mech actually looked kind of cool. Yeah, so that is coming out as well. So this is uh, to be looked forward to here in the next uh, few months, and... Uh, we will probably hear at some point soon some news about the Nintendo NX and what kinds of games are going to be coming to that one. But it was a pretty interesting Nintendo Direct and uh, something there for everybody. A little something for everybody there. Some other announcements and uh, new things coming up. It looks like there is a PlayStation 4 firmware beta test that's going on right now, which includes the previously discussed PC and Mac remote play functionality which uh, I think on this show we've also talked about the Xbox One to PC stream, which I guess is probably going to be uh, going to be similar. Weren't you um, going to try that, Jeremy? I did. I did try it. It actually works really well. Um, I played DMC Devil May Cry with that one and uh, didn't didn't miss a beat. Works what does great. DMC stand for? Uh, Deviled Main Crab <laughs> is what that stands for. Okay. Uh, I'm, gl- a, I'm glad we clarified that. Thank a delicious you. seafood dish from the Nor'easter <laughs> region. Uh, also in the PS4 firmware beta, friend online notification, which if you really want to know when people are online right at that moment, you can also appear offline to your friends, user scheduled events, uh, playing together in parties so that you can quickly join a friend's game, as well as daily motion, uh, streaming daily motion stuff, I guess, to your PlayStation 4 as well. So, uh, the, really the big thing there is the, uh, is the remote play feature, which, um, you know, you no one will ever use. I will use it. You know, they pack tons and tons of kind of like obscure features into Sony machines. Uh, I've been messing around with my Vita some and um, trying to locate like where you go to assign the like L2 and R2 when you're playing um, an old PS1 game or whatever. Uh, just like trying to find that functionality. I ran into like so many <laughs> other bizarre things that you can do with that machine. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Like the Near app, for instance. <laughs> I still use of, that. I nobody use knows that what, exactly what it does. <laughs> That's the only problem with that. And you know what? We'll we'll do a podcast discussion once on the Near app. We'll we'll talk about some of that. I, defunct, I don't even know what it does. I, I've opened it a few times. I was like, oh, this is cool. Click. It told me that I doing. had a gift, and then nothing ever came. Didn't know that, what I to guess. do with it. <laughs> like sweet. Oh, Sony. Well, uh, other announcements came out of the Disney camp. Disney Infinity held their first Disney Infinity Next stream and talked about some of the new things coming out in Disney Infinity. Some of the information coming out of that, there will be no Disney Infinity 4.0 this year. Instead, they're going to be focusing on new play sets and new characters, uh, focusing on their franchises Star Wars, Pixar, Disney, and Marvel. And uh, they showed off some of the new characters from the Zootopia movie, which just came out this weekend and apparently did pretty well. Uh, they also showed off the Battlegrounds. What, what was it called again? The Zoo. Zoo what? Z- Zoophytopia. Zoophytopia. Zoo- <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they also showed off a little bit of the Battlegrounds game, uh, the playset that's coming out a little bit later this month, which is sort of like a Power Stone style four player series. So they've uh, added in, at least to some modes, four player functionality. Showed off some new characters, including Vision, Black Panther, Ant Man 
and uh, Baloo the bear from The Jungle Book. And uh, they also hinted that uh, they will be supporting upcoming movie releases, including uh, hints that they will be doing something for Finding Dory as well as Alice, the new Johnny Depp movie. Star Wars Rogue One? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They sort of listed all of the new things that are going to be coming out. So they are uh, not done with this by a long shot. Disney has affirmed that they are pleased with uh, Disney's performance. It is currently, I believe, the number one selling Toys to Life game on the market, outselling both Skylanders and Lego Dimensions. And Disney says that they will continue to give 100% support to Disney Infinity, and I will continue to buy 100% of the characters. Those, uh, they are the best of of all of these, you know, toys to life pieces of crap. <laughs> the Disney ones are the best. They, even the characters that nobody they cares fall about, apart though more they, easier they than just, any they of the They look really ones. good. the The art style and the sculptures. The quality's bad though. Oh, is it? I mean, I've had like three or four. I've that never had any problems with mine. I'd... What are you gonna do besides just set it on a shelf? You know what I mean? Chew on their heads. I don't know. My uh, Incredible, Mrs. Incredible fell apart, and one of my pirates fell apart. Hmm. Well, I'll just be playing with my pirates and my Mrs. Incredible, so uh, <sighs> sorry about that, LeGrand. Well, you shouldn't have opened them. You should just you should have them on the shelf in the packaging. <laughs> Price tag that's, still That's how I box. roll. Mint in box. Mint in box. Well, earlier this week, Xbox had a little reveal of their own, the spring reveal, and I just have a listing of things that they talked about here. Uh, there are no new updates on the retail Xbox One's becoming dev kits. You might remember when Xbox One was still in pre-release, they had talked about every Xbox One being a developer's kit. Uh, Phil Spencer still loves the idea. Good job, Phil. Uh, Phil Spencer also says Phantom Dust is not dead. Quantum Break has lots of Alan Wake Easter eggs. Uh, they talked about Below and how it's a fairy tale type thing. Uh, here's something interesting. Phil Spencer also kind of indicated that Xbox One hardware upgrades might be a thing. Uh, where rather than having a five to seven year generational shift and kind of letting the hardware stagnate and people develop you know, on that static platform for five to seven years, he kind of indicated that it's possible that... Uh, you know, may be possible for those platforms to evolve throughout the lifespan of the of the device, kind of like uh, mobile phones do now. So that's big, big news if if true, because if that anything means... comes of it, yeah. Well, you know the uh, the division game has the ability to turn graphic settings down and up on the console. Do you guys know that? No, that's that's kind of different. <laughs> so you can turn it so that if you want, it's like performance mode. If, or graphic fidelity mode, and there's two different modes, and it changes it changes your frame rate, obviously. Oh, that's um, something that's surfaced to the player, so the player can do that. It's not correct. like it's not like an automatic thing where it senses what the hardware configuration of the console is. And right. Then... But point being that is, if they had a version of Xbox One, and then next year they release a new graphics card, I swap it out in my Xbox One, and now I can have a better performance, even at the sounds... high level. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, Destiny yeah. probably needed that, or there's probably a bunch of games that have needed something like that on the console. Well, any game that runs at 720p on a, you know, that yeah. should be running on 1080 needs that, you know? Yeah. Microsoft also this week unveiled the HoloLens Developer Edition pre-order with uh, a new Conquer game, Young Conquer. I'm not sure, actually, if that's what they're calling it, but... Uh... I don't know. That thing doesn't really look like Conquer either. It, it looks kind of grotesque. It's like big bug-eyed squirrel-looking thing. That sounds uh, like but Conquer. 
Yeah, I, I I don't know. He just looks real. I don't know. He's weird looking. You should just check out the, the videos or the pictures. But the uh, the developer's kit, as we've talked about in the past, is a $3,000, um, essentially just everything you need, the, the headset itself, it's, which is a self-contained Windows 10 PC, essentially with all of the sensors and everything. And uh, Young Conquer is sort of an augmented reality platformer, I guess. There's some video of it in action and, uh, you know, looks sufficiently cool as far as... Uh, you know, a first effort at, at uh, gaming on the HoloLens platform, but uh, those r will be shipping uh, in March, I believe. Do you guys get the feeling that HoloLens is kind of like the initial Surface things were? And I don't mean the ones from a few years ago. I mean like the gigantic uh, table-sized Surface things that oh, they yeah. did about 10 years ago, um, where it's not something that will ever see wide release. Like the only time I ever saw one of those actual big original surfaces is when I went to visit Microsoft HQ. In, they have in a Disneyland Redmond. as well. Disneyland had one in the in the little Tomorrowland area. So I wonder if Hololens is is basically just that for for you know this this era or something. So it's like it, nothing's going to come of this now, but you know maybe five to seven years from now we have something that's you know kind of a progeny of the Hololens. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to think about it. I don't really care. I, I, I care less about that than Dale cares about virtual reality, I think. You know what I noticed about virtual reality the other day? Is that it was 10 years ago that Waggle became a thing. So, 10 years. It's kind of slow moving. 10 years gimmicky stuff comes. It's it's the, the comet of gimmicky gaming person. <laughs> hey, and, they, and Twilight Princess does not have Waggle in this new version that's coming out or came out. Yeah, that's true. It is a port of the GameCube version. That's right. So aside from Microsoft doing the HoloLens pre-order, it appears that there is now the ability to pre-order for No Man's Sky, which will be launching in June. And uh, you can actually go to either the PlayStation Store or I believe you can go to GOG.com and place some orders there. Uh, that game is going to be a $59.99 release, but you can also get the im 8-bit collaboration with GOG, which is a $149.99 set, which includes a concept art book and some placards and a nice little ship and some vinyl records and those kinds of things. And uh, I guess sight unseen, if you feel comfortable that No Man's Sky is going to be a thing or what you even do in it, uh, you can go ahead and plunk down some money for that. So, Tempting to either of you? In uh, the least? Tempting. I'm not plunking down money for it. I'll wait. Yeah. I'm, I'll I'm, wait and see. You know, I'm curious. I don't know. I'm curious, but not curious enough to buy it on, to plunk down money. All right. Well, here's something else that you might choose to plunk down money for, which is the Epic Games free-to-play nope. mobile no, yeah, Paragon. No, not going to uh, happen. Yes, you guys. Sorry, yes. Jeremy. So this can, I, can I go back uh, to no Strike Man's 2. Sky? Strike no, 2. Nope. Here, let's, let's go through this. So uh, although the game will be free-to-play, and I'm not sure if we have the actual release date quite yet, but as of the middle of this month, you will be able to order from Epic a Founders Pack, which starts at $19.99, comes with skins, boosts, and other cosmetic items, and there are also Challenger and Master Packs selling for $59.99 and include more bonus items and boosts, and uh, each of which comes with an additional Founders Pack for a friend. Uh, players may also sign up for free access to the Paragon Beta, which will launch this summer. Uh, I heard you guys like your MOBAs, so I just thought I'd throw that, in, that one in there for, for you all. Um, I don't know, that's their Unreal Engine 4. That's going to be the first big release using the new Unreal Engine, right? So that should be pretty interesting. I haven't, you know, it's been out, and I've been in the, whatever the testing is, and I have never played it. 
And I haven't really heard anything about it. Does anyone know if it's any good? Do you guys? Well, to start with, it's a MOBA, so... Yeah, but it's like not a it's not a clicky, you know, here's the storm Dota MOBA. It's a that kind of is making me more interested in it's, it. It's like more like a smite MOBA. Is it a third person shooter sort of thing? Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's not not enough information for me to plunk down any money on, but uh, maybe well, it's, we'll it's going to be free to play. Why would you plunk down money? I know, well, you know, I, I, to get into the beta and stuff. You know, well, Jeremy's into the founders pack stuff. We know all about that. So I've, I've only done it once on MechWarrior Online, and it was still awesome. Still good. Well, supposedly, if you play in the alpha, you'll get free access to the Founders Pack. Or is it the other way around? If you pay for no. the Founders Pack, you get... No, really? Yeah, that's what I read somewhere. All right. but Because the, the alpha is what's going on right now. I got an email about it, and it was like, hey, one more chance. You better try it out. <laughs> um, and you'll get access to I don't to see something. this game being a thing. <laughs> I. There's only so many people that can play MOBAs, and there's already so many MOBAs. This one's not going to come around and, like, dethrone, you know, anybody. It seems like there's so many people playing MOBAs, though. And, I mean, even Smite now is doing a... It, it just uh, launched a beta on the PlayStation 4, and people are getting into that. People seem to like Smite. Like, I I played it. It seems all Smite right. Smite has but... been... Yeah, Smite has been, like, the number three MOBA for for probably at least six months now. Yeah, pretty weird. Um, but actually, unrelated. If you guys want to hear something else that's kind of weird, have you have you heard about all the people who are not probably going to four. E3 this year? Number four MOBA, probably. Number Sorry. four MOBA. Well, yeah. I was just, I just forgot about Hots for a little bit. <clears throat> hots, Hots. Yeah, hey, I, I played Hots today, man. That game's awesome. Well, uh, here's something else that's a little bit weird. Uh, the number of people, uh, the number of companies rather, that are not going to be getting booths at E3 this year. So we already know that EA will not be having a booth at E. Uh, three. They may be doing some little event or maybe taking the stage in other people's presentations, but they're not going to have a booth on the floor. Activision now has said that they are not going to have a booth at this year's E3. And uh, just browsing around a little bit for other folks who are not going to be doing E3 this year. Disney Infinity that we just talked about, uh, they're not going to be doing E3. And Wargaming, who's typically known for the world of tanks and world of world of this and that, uh, they're not going to be there either. So I don't know. I don't know if everyone's abandoning the E3 ship or what exactly is going to um, be going on? How about like Warner Brothers? Are they going to be there? I don't know. I think Warner Brothers is busy still fixing the Batman game. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, they gave up on that. They uh, gave up. I I wonder if they're going to show a um, a sequel for Shadow of Mordor soon. Yeah, I don't know. That one was really well received. That'd be that sweet. Was, that was what that was just last year though, right? Is that... And and you mentioned just I think a minute it's ago. It's got to be two years old now. No. Yeah, it's. I think it was a 2014. Um, you mentioned Disney Infinity as as though that was like the only Disney game. And I was curious. And so I was like, well, what does Disney do? Um, so I, I don't know from looking at steam, it looks like they have all the star Wars stuff under their umbrella now. Yeah. But I don't know what new things they're really doing though. Yeah. You know, it's they, a good question. Ever since uh split second and yeah, they closed that thing? studio. I guess, I guess it was just split second was like the only thing I could think of. Yeah. And that was like uh, a yeah, second party know. title, I think. So, yeah, I don't know. I just found it pretty interesting that so many places are sort of uh, open, and, and big companies, too, are sort of saying, well, we're not going to... I mean, they may not be finding it worth their time. Maybe they feel like they can... I mean, I know that in the case of uh, Disney, they said that they're going to be doing their own thing separate from E3, and I don't well, know. They, did just, their, they just did their Infinity thing, right? Like, yeah, but they said... I mean, they specifically said that they're going to be doing their own events separate from E3, so they'll probably have more so to they've talk got... about as that... Going by like f- like games and not DLC, sorted by release date. Um, 
and filtering out like the re-releases of old games. Um, Tron Runner is like the most recent thing, and then before that was Infinity 3.0, and then um, before that it's just a bunch of like Epic Mickey. It's just a bunch of junk that they like dumped on the Steam all at one time for some reason. Yeah, yeah, it's not really anything else. So I don't know. What do you guys think about E3? Is E3 starting to dry up a little bit as far as a source of, of good news and participation for... It seems like a lot of bigger companies are doing lots of things throughout the year. Like Nintendo has their things all the time. Sony has their things. Microsoft just had their thing. Right. And I don't know if these are happening at other events, but it seems like that we're getting more bigger information throughout the year. And, it, and they aren't saving it for E3. Like normally, you know... Phil Spencer's announcements would be saved for E3, you know, but they right. would like want to get a lot of press about it. But why is he revealing that now? Yeah. I don't know. Absolutely. Well, when uh, Polygon contacted the Entertainment Software Association, who runs that event, the uh, response was that they respect Activision's decision and appreciate their continued participation at E3. E3 is where exhibitors continually innovate and connect with new audiences in new ways. E3 2016 will have exciting video game announcements, new virtual and augmented reality experience. Hundreds of exhibitors and a large number of press events revealing what is coming next in the most dynamic industry in the world. We look forward to once again capturing the world's attention in June. So I'm, I'm in the events business. I'm wondering what it costs for a company like Activision outside of, you know, what it costs for them to put their booth together. But what does the space itself cost? What is the ESA getting out of exhibit space there? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they probably spend a bunch of money to get that. Uh, isn't that the Staples Center that they they do yeah. for that i mean i'm sure that's not cheap either and, and you know you got to look at it from the point of view of i mean i know you were talking specifically about the physical space but look at it from the point of view of the companies taking up all that opportunity cost to you know prepare demos and presentations oh, yeah. and all that crap. stuff that they're actually going to show Plus, their there. booths got to be ridiculous i mean the power consumption alone at one of those booths is like stupid expensive i bet i bet so anyway, well, I guess we'll kind of have to see when E3 draws near in June, kind of how things shape up. But uh, just kind of interesting that big exhibitors like EA and Activision both bowing out this year from booth space. So. Yep. Uh, another bowing out that's taking place uh, later this month, Sony is shutting down the PSP native storefront. Yes, the legacy, legacy, double legacy platform, Sony PlayStation Portable, will no longer be able to access the PlayStation Store directly from the handheld as of March 31st. I didn't know that ever worked. Whoa, wait. I never, I never did that once in my life. Yeah, oh, the PSP. I, oh, yeah. You never did that? No. I bought things on the PSP store before. Yeah. Yo, I, I downloaded them from like the web and I would like install them to the PSP. I never accessed it from the PSP. I was going to say, it is kind of weird because PSP sort of straddled that that point where, I mean, there was some DLC. For example, I remember Parappa the Rapper, the PSP version of that. You would actually get the DLC from a website rather than from... I mean, I don't even think it was ever published on the PSN store on, on the things. So uh, the downloads list and in-game purchases will still be supported and uh, content can still be purchased at the PlayStation Store website for the PSP. So... Uh, I, I think it's just that you won't be able to purchase new things. Why? Why have it up on the web but not on the PSP? Isn't it like the I same I think because thing? the infrastructure for the web version is still there, and I guess updating and, and maintaining the PSP storefront is just more expensive than it's worth for Whatever. them. I, I don't care either way. I'm just wondering I kind of I kind of do a little bit. I access it from time to time. I actually still have my PSP and carry it around with me. I use the Vita what? more often what? yeah why? i do i do why just because i have i have some because UMDs. He's jeremy jeremy does some those mad things. umds in there is there he's watching spider-man 2 on the reg you know UMDs. all right what, what games are you still playing that are on umd 
well, I've got Valkyria Chronicles 2 that I never really finished. Uh, I am going to be getting a copy here any day now of Patapon 3 from some tertiary Sony settlement from the 2008 PSN outage or something. Yeah, so sounds like Jeremy. I'll be playing Patapon 3. Patapon is awesome, needs to come back. We need to see Patapon release that on the Vita. <laughs> it's not too late. You can still do it. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've got some stuff, and I've got stuff that I haven't even played on that thing, but... Uh, yeah, there's still some. I mean, I've got a copy of Jean d'Arc that uh, everyone says is like one of the best titles. I have, the, I have PSP. played all the way through and finished Jean d'Arc. Yeah, it's supposed to be really good. So I've. You know, it's good, but I, I would, I, I would rate it at like a B tier when it comes to those tactics games. Really? Oh man. Yeah. We look forward to Dale's, uh, Dale's list of the A number one PSP games. Uh, anyhow, so if, if there's anything that you're still looking to purchase from your PSP natively, uh, do it this month because that uh, will no longer be available after March 31st. Uh, the last news item that we have, a little bit offbeat, but I thought it was, uh, was pretty neat. Blizzard has added a new secret Diablo 3 cow level in memoriam for one of their artists, uh, Kevin Kanai Griffith, who passed away due to a rare form of cancer two years ago. Uh, as you guys might know, the Kanai Cube is also named after uh, Mr. Griffith as well. So, uh, kind of interesting. It looks like uh, there's kind of some special um, special methods to access this level, and it's actually also only happening during the month of March. So, if you're interested in seeing this, uh, they chose March, I guess, because it is uh, Kevin's birth month. And uh, so once March is over, so too is the cow level event. And that is all the news that we have for you this week. Well, maybe I'll have to reinstall Diablo 3 and check that out. You shut up. You never uninstalled it. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, thanks for the news, Jeremy. Let's move over to the new releases really quick. There's a lot. There's a, Well, there's not a lot. There's a few really big uh, titles, though. Um, the Division is coming out on Tuesday. Uh, preloaded already on my machine, and I'm ready to jump right in. I was going to um, ask. So the uh, the oh, beta yeah. the beta got you, huh? You decided you wanted in. Uh, yeah. Well, a, a friend of mine, John Sloan. I'm going to mention John's name today. Bought me this game, and uh, I can't wait to play it on Tuesday with him. Awesome. And everyone else is playing it. We have a we have, like, like we have a big crew of people who are all playing it. Um, and John Sloan is the man who uh, purchased <laughs> that game for me. Is there any overlap with your Rainbow Six Siege crew? It's the same crew, yeah. Did you guys all fall off of Rainbow Six or what? No, we played it last Monday. It, yeah. it was. It, we don't play as like it's not as structured five v five anymore. We're just kind of getting on and playing together. But yeah, we continue to play that game. It's fun. Cool. All right. So uh, John Sloan and I will be playing that game on uh, Tuesday with the, everyone. The John else. Sloan counter is now up to four. Four <laughs> mentions. That's about seven or eight. I went to school in um, in Germany when I was a kid. Uh, with a my my friend in like third grade was Keith Sloan, so Keith they're Sloan? probably brothers. Probably related to John Sloan. I hear John yeah. Sloan's pretty cool. I'm I, I'm I can't count on my fingers anymore. So many mentions. <laughs> All right. Also, uh, more new releases. Um, The Legend of Zelda: Twilight Princess HD came out a couple days ago, I believe. Right? It's already out as of uh, this recording. I've seen people playing it, so. Probably. It's, it's probably on that weird like Nintendo release schedule. I think it already came out. Uh, anyway, it's uh, the HD version. It's out on the Wii U. There's a Amiibo version that comes with the Wolf Link Amiibo. I think that's the only way you can get that Amiibo, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's right. Um, and the 3DS, uh, just coming with that Nintendo announcement that the uh, Super Nintendo games are going to be available. Uh, we're going to play We're gonna play a little game, you guys. Um, I'm going to read off these three games, and you're going to give me a rating on, on how interested you are to play this game right now on your 3DS. 
You ready? Out mm-hmm. of what's the rating out of? The rating is out of uh, one to five mushrooms. All right. Okay. Uh, the first game is F Zero. Two mushrooms. Four. Four. Two. Mm, okay. Interesting. Uh, f- five is the high, by the way. Uh, pilot wings. One mushroom. Three. Okay. Maybe four. Maybe four. Super Mario World. Four. Uh, maybe a three mushroom. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while since I've played it. Super Mario Brothers 3 is the superior game, and I've already got that, so I don't know mm. that I necessarily need this. This is the best game that Mario has this ever is, This is in. clearly a three-mushroom game. Super Mario Brothers 3, five mushrooms. Uh, so titles that are coming up, I hear, from the Nintendo Direct are include Super Metroid. List that one on mushroom scale. and uh, don't. We already have Axiom Verge, so Super Metroid no longer needed. Yeah, Super Metroid, you know, I mean, maybe like a two. No. But but Pilot Wings gets a four. I don't get it. Pilot Wings was it was like a three. Okay. Uh, what about what about Earthbound? Earthbound's coming out as well. One. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of not Earthbound fans. No, no. There's always Citizens of Earth last year, which was my number one game in 2015 for games you should play and talk about instead of Earthbound. And then there's also that thing called Undertale, which is actually I hear the greatest game of all time. I heard. Uh, yeah, here's pretty good. I never finished it. <laughs> I, I, I don't kinda, know what I've never heard about game. it. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Apparently, there's a bunch of other PC games and a bunch of random crap. So head over to tech-gaming.com and check out the new release section there. That's where we get our new releases from. I just like some of the titles of some of the PC games that were coming out this week. There were some pretty weird ones. Um, so yeah, go go to tech-gaming.com and check out the release list that Robert Desert Eagle Allen has put together there. It's uh, good stuff. All right, indeed. So, who wants to kick off this little uh, last little bit of news and topic that we're going to discuss for the next 10 minutes? I'll do it. I'll take it. Because uh, this was something that caught my eye. Um, so, Jeremy, you already mentioned the, the the sort of, I guess, I don't know, aperitif or whatever to this whole thing, was, which was that, uh, um, what's his name? Phil Spencer was saying that it's, you know, possible that they might consider um upgrading the hardware of the Xbox One platform without sort of moving on to, you know, the Xbox Two or what have you. Right. Um and all I think all of this sort of came out of some kind of Microsoft uh I don't know, summit or something that they had at some point. Um because kind of wrapped up in that, like the reason the way that they would be able to get away with doing that has to do with this universal Windows platform I think is mm-hmm. is the UWP I think that's yep. what it stands for correct this is basically their new um dot app file type it's it's their yeah it's so it's called an API it's a programming interface through which developers would access operating system resources and it basically would become the pathway by which software would run on a windows platform so it's so so your your application or your game or whatever it is would be bound it would be wrapped up in a file of of this style um and i think for now the only types of files that are going to be offered on the windows built-in windows store are in this uwp format and the problem with this format itself, um, which is, is evidenced by one game that's already been released on the format, which is Tomb Raider, the most recent one, whatever that was called. Um, uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider. The, yeah, the Tomb Raider Rises. Um, and, but apparently, the players of, of who bought the game through the Windows Store uh, were unable to do things like change the resolution 
um, you know, mess with VSync, uh, and and just sorts of things like that that you've come to expect from your typical PC game. PC game that's you know in the the like the Win32 API um, that basically allows for modding and tinkering and and you know just being the captain of your own software sailing ship there like uwp does not seem to want to allow for um but basically i i guess the benefit on microsoft's end of this is that it's a file type that allows them to seamlessly move things from either your like desktop to you know your your kin to your like surface pro to your right whatever. it's sort of a, a unifying platform for all windows, windows phone devices. it's yeah. it's also the same Thing that they would be able to easily develop for and port it over to Xbox One, right? Like, correct. yeah, exactly, yeah, that too. And the exactly. Windows Mobile, all, all of that stuff being in the same kind of walled garden is is kind of what they're going for there. Um, but of course, what this also means is that they want everything that you put, I, you know, in in a perfect world for Microsoft, everything that you put on any of their machines, they will have sold you and taken a cut of through the the Windows Store, and they would have complete control over everything you do with the application and, and you know, you, so you wouldn't be able to just mod things or, or do whatever. So, Correct. Well, so, and the other thing about this is that in conjunction with the um, implementation of this UWP, the fear is that they would also phase out Win32, which is yes. sort of PC PC's applications how we know it now, where you basically have unsigned code that you can get from a website, you can get it from someone you trust, you can get it from people you don't trust, and stuff get it from bad Steam. stuff can happen. Yeah, you can get it from Steam, you can get it from Uplay, whatever. Everything whatever that you download, you basically. Want. That's correct, exactly right. Yeah. And so part, part of this discussion was precipitated actually by uh, Epic... Uh, CEO Tim Sweeney, who published an opinion piece on the news website The Guardian, um, kind of decrying this and, and calling it out. And uh, he also did an interview with uh, Polygon.com. I think we can talk about their newsworthy podcast that they've recently launched. And he talked to Brian Crescente about his uh, further beliefs about this, which is not so much that Windows has this UWP. He has no problem with that, but it's more the latter part, where he, he, the concern is, and, and he just says that it is not clear to him, based on Microsoft's actions, that they are necessarily holding the interests of users at heart, that they are going to be doing things for, you know, the, the greater good, the the greater ecosystem of Windows, which, you know, we think about Windows primarily on this podcast in terms of games, but there could also be productivity applications, there could be um, utilities, uh, public services, enterprise integrated code, and all kinds of other things. Yeah, absolutely. And so the concern that Tim Sweeney espouses, and, you know, Sweeney, Epic, of course, has a pretty close relationship with Microsoft. I mean, they make the Gears of War games. Uh, of course, they're famous for their Unreal Engine, which we talked about with uh, Paragon a little bit earlier. They are a major licensor of um, video game platforms. And uh, so he had a concern that m less about the, you know, the Windows Store, the Microsoft Store, and, and even paying Microsoft a cut. He doesn't, he doesn't really, he's not concerned about any of that, but just that the other side of things, not allowing... Uh, I mean, the, the Windows platform right now is, is the freest and most um, democratic of the platforms. Anybody can write programs for and it. And it's got the, it's got insane penetration all over the world. There is every, everyone, Windows is everywhere, right? 
Absolutely, absolutely. So his concern was that in in, in the course of doing this and, and what they can see on the back end of things that, you know, they're, they, again, work very closely with Microsoft and, and obviously from a programming standpoint, they have to be very familiar with the platforms that they are, are working on. And he says that he feels that they're just starting to put in place something that will eventually be bad for the development ecosystem of, of Windows. And so his... Um, and in, in, in that, he po- he points to several um, examples of things that we saw in Windows 8 and in Windows 10, like, um, you know, them surfacing Bing advertisements in your start menu when you go to, like, look for something or, mm-hmm. you know, just random things like live tiles that are showing you something you don't care about or want to see. Uh, a lot of people a week or two ago came back to their, like, locked desktop showing a basically what amounted to an advertisement for the yeah. Tomb Raider game that we were on the lock up. screen. Yep. Yeah. Right. Um, and just these things that are really not cool. Um, and, well, and, and furthermore could be to the detriment of people who are not Microsoft. Um, yeah. And know. Microsoft is, I mean, you know, they're a for-profit company, right? So everything they have, they do is more or less in the end, they're looking to make money from. And so it's, there's really just a, a, a very blatant conflict of interest with trying to rely on Microsoft to maintain what we want to be an open platform and them also pursuing their own goals. They've been sort of, and probably, you know, to their benefit, but also maybe against their wishes, they've been sort of commoditized in a really strange way that you don't get a lot. Um, so that I think what, what it looks to, to be the case that they want to do is they're wanting to sort of go Apple basically to wall off their garden and have more complete control over everything. But even Apple's not walled off. If anyone could, no. could have done it, then Apple would have already done it. They've already done it with their iOS, but they have not been able to get away with it on their, right. their PCs. Right. Right? And, and I don't think Microsoft would be able to get away with it either, but they're still trying is... Oh, why wouldn't they? If they could make money that way, and you know, and for the people that want to buy software that way, it's it's really simple on on Mac to go open up the App Store, search for something, and install it. It keeps it updated for you, and it works, and you know that it works. And that's one of the benefits of using the Mac platform is being able to, you know, know that all of the stuff that's in their stores is all going to be reviewed by their people, and they all know it's going to function well. So I don't think that it's a bad thing that this exists. I do think that while you know Tim Sweeney's like, well, if they take it next level and start forcing it, you know, forcing every application to go this removing way, support for absolutely Windows. that would be horrible. But I really don't think they would ever be able to get away with it. I don't think that they will. But I think that just like you know, Matt, Apple having their App Store, I don't see any reason why you know, Microsoft can't do their own thing as well. I mean, right. it's not going to hurt anything. It's well, not, and, that's, I mean, and that's also what Tim Sweeney says. I mean, he, he said in his interview that, uh, you know, he has no problem with Microsoft. Obviously, they, they put a lot of investment in, in time and money and, and everything to get Windows and, and the platform running and to keep it running well. He says he has no problem with them making a buck off of the things that they do. I think his greater concern was closing out all of the other avenues for software developers and for consumers to acquire applications that, uh, you know, acquire or sell applications outside of the purview of, of Microsoft, which is something that he sees going away. And, and I want to also kind of bring up at least some validation as to why Microsoft might choose to do this. There is a major problem in the PC market with malware, right? The ability to run what what is considered unsigned or untrusted code is essentially how viruses and 
worms and trojans and all those kinds of things that's how that stuff happens um and so by requiring the code to be signed or you know to, to be not necessarily win 32 applications but to be something that uses uwp where everything is trusted and everything is known and everything is validated there there is at least some you know at least some modicum of rationale behind that um but i think that what tim sweeney has said is that and it's not a problem right now either, and that's something that he was pretty clear about. And he used the analogy of, of boiling the frog. He says, uh, I'm sure you've probably heard of this, but if you put a frog into boiling water, it'll it'll feel it, and it'll, I mean, it'll either die. I'm assuming it'll probably die. But, the, you know, the, the analogy goes that it would jump out. But if you put a frog in lukewarm water and then slowly, slowly raise the temperature over time until the water's boiling, you'll boil the frog to death without it even noticing. And so he says that, uh, you know, based on discussions that he's had, and he's been meeting with Microsoft for, you know, a year or, or more, according to him talking about this, uh, and he says that uh, although there are people there that he trusts, he's not, uh, you know, completely at odds with Microsoft. He's got a good working relationship with people there, but he says based on Microsoft actions and what he has seen them actually implement and put into place, and like Dale mentioned earlier, some of the software that has come out and has not, you know, been... been uh, you know, really worthwhile from a user standpoint. He says that he just feels that you can't really trust that Microsoft is going to follow a path that you know defers to user needs and, and user requirements. The um, the outrage that would happen though. Can you imagine like what would happen on the internet in the PR nightmare that they would have if they decided oh, yeah. to. Do anything like that, it would immediately be... I mean, look what happened with a freaking Xbox. I mean, it was like, oh, we're <laughs> going to be online only, and no, you can't share games, and blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, 15 neckbeards with pitchforks, like, raised hell on the internet, and they turned it They turned it around, you know? Yeah. And and I, I don't... They would, And this is now something that is, you know, to the well, nth this is, degree this is a over the Xbox. On their, on their power, though, and these things need to be exercised from right. time to time. Sure, so. absolutely. And I, and I think that... I think that, you know, knowing about it and, you know, voicing our displeasure with it, and I, I think that's important. Um, I don't think it's anything that we need to be immediately afraid of, and I think that, uh, I, I, for me, just to discuss Endgame for me, like, the, the fact that Quantum Break is coming out on Xbox One and is cross-save with Windows, and I I see... My my future that I would love to see with the Xbox and the Windows platform is to be one single ecosystem where I could buy a game and all Xbox games are on PC and all PC games that are, you know, those type are also on Xbox. And why not? I mean, that'd be freaking awesome. would be good for gamers. It'd be good for consumers because you would be able to well, have that. It is for the things that you want, but, you know, one of the things that Sweeney had also pointed out in, in an interview that he did was, you know, you can't even get Microsoft Word right now in, in the Xbox store. If you There's a listing for it, but if you click on it, it takes you out to the Microsoft website where you then either load their web version or, or do something different because that doesn't run currently on the UWP platform. Uh, basic productivity apps, I mean, none of the Adobe products, you know, that well, people are familiar with. Well, they're rolling this thing out. I mean, sure. obviously it's going to take time for that stuff to build and, in. And, and I think Sweeney agrees with you on a lot of those points, and I think the reason for his the reason for his opinion piece now is that he says that he would rather raise the flag now and get people talking about it before Microsoft starts to get entrenched in something that is not user-friendly. Uh, and, and, you know, you basically can't dig them out of it, for, for better or worse, you know, whatever happens. I mean, if, if they pursue that, even if there's an outcry, if they're going to do it, they're, you know, they, they might do it, and then what do you do? Well, he's done his job. Here we are on the Game by Show informing our listeners that yeah. uh, 
you know, this is a thing. So, And it's a pretty interesting discussion, and I, I could see that there are reasons why some people... I mean, I'll tell you personally, I mean, I'm not 100% convinced that there's, you know, anything that we need to be alarmed about yet, but I think it's important to be aware of that and to give them feedback. In fact, Microsoft actually has responded to Sweeney's comments, and uh, Kevin Gallo, who is the corporate vice president of Windows at Microsoft, says, specifically in response, the universal Windows platform is a fully open ecosystem available to every developer that can be supported by any store. Uh, so presumably, you know, they say that, uh, so that's I the guess, answer, I guess it right? could be that if, if Valve or if EA and, and, and their uh, origin system, or if, uh, Ubisoft and Uplay wanted to, to get something on the Windows store, they could do that too. However, I'm not so sure that you would then get, you know, the, the same kinds of software. Uh, Phil Spencer also said that as well. In fact, uh, Phil Spencer on his Twitter said uh, essentially verbatim the same thing. UWP is a fully open ecosystem available to every developer. And, and Sweeney, again, uh, specifically mentioned that he has a good relationship with Phil Spencer. He just says that he has not seen signs from Microsoft that they are moving in a direction that is user-based, but rather Microsoft-based. Well, no, let's and, also look uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, Gabe Newell apparently felt the same thing, and that's why we now have Steam OS. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, that's and, true. And Steam on Linux OSs. Yeah, that's right. That not, that's absolutely that not right. Steam OS. Well, I, I I think that if I think that if uh, if ultimately something like this happened, and Microsoft was like, well, you know, screw you, we're just going to do this anyways. The gamers would move away from Windows because they would be forced to, or yeah. they would decide to, you know. Um, well, that, that is if the gamers that care enough, you know, care enough to move. And that's the, the, you know, the majority of the platform to really make a difference, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's also the developer side to consider too. And, you know, part of it too, is that there's not a necessarily a unified response to this either. I, I think generally people can express dissatisfaction with it, but, uh, I think the, the issue is that Microsoft sort of holds the reins on what kinds of things might be, might be patched into their operating system at a later date. Uh, you just never know. And, and I think that was partly what, uh, what Tim Sweeney had wanted to highlight with his opinion piece. So, uh, good discussion, and, you know, it's something that I think is far from being decided, and, and of course, it's not that there's any uh, final decision to be made, but... Uh, Windows 7 for it, life. Yeah. <laughs> Some, something definitely to uh, kind of be on the lookout for, and uh, hopefully we're now a little bit more well-informed about how that, uh, how that all works. Well, uh, listeners, if there's one thing that we can commit to you here on the Game Byte Show, I will, I will tell you right now that we will not support the release of our podcast only on the Microsoft Store. Uh, in fact, we may, we may even be boycotting the Microsoft Windows, Windows 10 Store right now. Uh, I don't think you can get our podcast there even if you tried to, so... Um, nope, I so, put it up there last night. <laughs> we're going to consider that a win for the community, a win for the users. Uh, if you would like to get more episodes of our podcast, well, you can do that either by subscribing to your favorite RSS feed, your podcast application of choice. You can find us on the walled garden of the iTunes store as well. Or if you want to be a super cowboy, you can go out to GameBytesShow.com. You can visit our website and see a listing of all of our past podcasts, as well as some of our video streams there. If you'd like to reach out to us and tell us what you think about the Universal Windows platform or Win32 applications, you huge nerd, uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter at GameBytes show tell us what you think of that or you can reach out to us individually i am at jeremy underscore lamont you can find me at legrand and i'm at count underscore elmdor 
And I mentioned those video streams. You can also find our fourth man, Jared Redeye Dunn, at R-E-D underscore I. And uh, Jared, of course, is in charge of doing our video game streams once or twice a week. And uh, you can subscribe to our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Show, or you can take a look at our archives over at youtube.com slash Show as well. I believe a little bird told me that on the docket this week is uh, Portal Knights, which Jared seems to be really taken with, and I'm excited to see what that's all about. He says it's a cutesy sort of... Uh, I don't know, he sort of compared it to Terraria a little bit, and uh, he says it's got just a really cute art style, so look forward to that. We do that typically on Monday evenings, so check us out on twitch.tv slash Show. Uh, this has been your Game Byte Show for the weekend, or I guess the start of the week here, uh, where we talk about the news, new releases, and video game topic, but we will be back at you to talk about the games that we have been playing midweek. Uh, until then, have a great time and uh, play some video games. See ya. See you later. See you later.